Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's Brendan Escott with you this evening. Some guests of the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a holiday like Christmas, special moment, or maybe just savoring a night out on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers now sent you. Oilers and San Jose Sharks, 8.30 tomorrow night. And it should be closer to 8.30 than 8.52 or you know how they, when it's a U.S. television game, it should just be regional tomorrow night because it's a Thursday nighter. I think I've got those ducks in a row. So expect it closer to 8.30, which I know probably isn't a whole heck of a lot of relief. But as I said before, you even going to work on Friday? So, like, you, you can stay up and watch this team. And, uh, and, and what team might we be watching? That's kind of becoming the question as we see them win a bunch of games in a row and then slip a little bit. And then, well, they looked like they were going to continue slipping, but they managed to pull two cats out of two different bags, both in New York City, the uh, New York region. So... Who are these guys? What version of the Oilers can we expect to see tomorrow night? It's going to kick off a a three-game road swing. Then they're back on uh, January 2nd. Imagine they took the whole month away. January 2nd, the Philadelphia Flyers are at Rogers Place in what promises to be an excellent game. Lots to catch up on, though, with our regular Wednesday contributor. He joins us for Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. Now, if you missed the broadcast on the weekend, this man was as well-dressed as anybody on television, and we are pleased to bring aboard Elliot Free. Now, Elliot, uh, I love the outfit. Happy holidays, of course. Love the outfit. Was uh, was it you that uh, picked one? Uh, picked that out? Was it your wife? How did that all come to be? Well, first of all, thank you, Brennan. Secondly, that was there was a rack of Christmas stuff and holiday stuff that was brought here by Sportsnet's MVP, who was our wardrobe coordinator, Deb Berman. And uh, I worn a, a sweater and, uh, from the movie Elf on the Thursday game, the regional game between Toronto and Columbus, and I was going to wear another one on the Saturday. They're like, well, you already wore a sweater. Why don't you pick something different? And I saw that that sequin jacket there, and I was like, this. And they said to me, of course you would pick the loudest one. What about you know something a little less loud? There was a, a plaid Christmas jacket there, and my response was, go big or go home. <laughs> and I, I went big, and people seemed to like it. It's Brandon, as you know, it's supposed to be fun, so people seem to like it. We're, we're allowed to have fun, and uh, tell you what, the Edmonton Oilers prior to Christmas, uh, some fun in New York City, and that, to me, yeah. isn't the easiest stage for them to have gone and, and played on at any time of year, let alone Christmas time, coming off of a few losses in a row, but they get it done in New Jersey against a less experienced team, and then they roll right into Madison Square Garden, Elliot, on, uh, what, the 22nd, I guess, and, yeah. uh, and they take care of business against the Rangers side uh, that they had to rally against and to me it showed a lot of maturity 
Well, look, like New Jersey may not be that experienced, but they did go to the second round of the playoffs last year. And, you know, obviously they've been struggling, but, you know, to go in there and win, that's a, that's a good win. I mean, and the Rangers, of course, they're one of the best teams in the league. That's a really good win. And you guys have no more runway. There's no more games to waste. You need every win you can get, and that's a good way to go into the holiday. I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good trip. And, you know, we'll see how things resume for you tonight and, uh, and, and, or later, uh, as you guys are traveling, but mm-hmm. as things go here, um, but, you know, look, like, it hasn't changed since before the break. You guys have no more runway. You cannot waste games. Um, you know, there's, you've used them all up, and um, you, you, you have to get there. And that, that's the thing right now. There are no games to waste for you guys. And so that, of course, brings into question or or rather just shines the spotlight on the goaltending situation because as well as Stuart Skinner has started to play recently, Calvin Pickard's probably not the long-term answer here. Uh, I know there's a trade freeze, probably not a lot of discussion going on amongst NHL front offices right now, but you got to factor in this is... uh, a whole second half of the season plus where they don't have that wiggle room and they do need depth in a few different areas. Any traction going on in terms of them reaching out, getting the feelers out there, or if not, uh, anything that you might suspect gets going as the new year arrives? Well, first of all, let me say this. I think you guys have been doing, have been looking around. I don't think that's a big news flash or a big shocker for anyone. Um, Pickard has bought you time. I know last week when I was on with Bob, he was talking about that, you know, you don't really need, um, you, know, you don't really have a back-to-back heavy schedule until right after the All-Star break. Um, you know, the one thing that someone sent me today, I think for the last two months of the season, I think you guys are first and second and back-to-backs. I think you've got eight or nine. So that will be a situation. You've got to deal with things by then. You know, the thing is this. There are a bunch of teams looking for goalies right now. You know, Carolina's been looking for goalies. New Jersey's been looking for goalies. You know, Toronto, Martin Jones is is playing tonight against Ottawa. Uh, Samsonov has really struggled. They've been looking at goalies. And, you know, the word that someone used with me was extortion. Like these teams out here that have extra goalies or a goalie that they can afford to move, they see the challenges that some of these teams have. They see a good market and they're, they're, they, they feel the desperation. Like, you know, I've gotten the sense out of Montreal that they are in no hurry and they will use the leverage as they see fit. And, you know, does it mean they could make a deal when the freeze ends? For sure it does. But if they do, it's going to be a deal they like. You know, in, 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 with Anaheim and a guy like John Gibson, I don't know even, even if he'd be an option for you, um, you know, like one of the cha- one of the things there is, you know, what is ret- what could retention cost if a team trades for him? So all of these things are still a factor. There's a lot of teams out there looking for goalies. The teams that have goalies are squeezing tight. And you know, I just think that what Pickard has at least done is is buy you time, and uh, that is something that can that can definitely be used uh, by you guys to try to not pay. 
the the extortion price that's out there right now for some of these guys. Yeah, you see it every year. I mean, yeah, the team's not in a position of power right now. Everybody can see exactly what the weakness is or weaknesses on this team as we chat with Elliot Friedman for Abe's Door Service. We do once a week on uh, Wednesdays. Now, Elliot, we talked uh, a couple of weeks back, and I think it was you that was explaining it might be most likely a trade that comes to fruition with several pieces involved rather than picking off little trades here or there. Do you get that that sense? Because Edmonton has a few different needs that there's going to be maybe a team like Arizona who could have, uh, say, a goaltender, a defenseman, or a goaltender and a forward, um, you know, in a package deal type of a thing as something that might interest the Oilers moving forward the next couple of months. Well, I think that always makes it easier. Like the one thing that you guys are going to have to sort out too is is Broberg. Um, uh, I think that that like someone said to me like he played like he's playing like the AHL. I mean, this is the 21st century already. I can't believe the AHL doesn't publish ice time. But somebody told me that if you were able to see the minutes that Broberg is playing right now in Bakersfield, you know, you wouldn't believe it. And you know, that's a guy who's ready for an NHL shot somewhere, especially if it's not going to be in Edmonton. So I have wondered if he could be part of a move that you guys do to get what you need to get. Um, you know, I, I, I think that I think you'd always prefer that. The problem is, is that so many of these teams, Brennan, are so cap tight. Um, like there's like, if you guys are going to make a move, you're probably going to have to sacrifice somebody to make it happen. You're just that close. Right. But then if you want to make two moves, that's two players you might have to sacrifice from your roster. Mm-hmm. And I realize that you guys haven't had a great year, but just tell me if you make two moves, like, okay, who are you thinking that you're going to subtract? And I think that's, that's part of the thing here. I, I think also, too, um, you know, the, the thing that's really interesting about your goalie situation is now I wonder how close, I don't doubt it would be anything for this year, but how close the team is thinking to guy, maybe like a guy like Rodriguez could play. Um, because, you know, one of the conversations that was going on, I think, in your organization was, you know, with Campbell having to play initially a lot in, in the American Hockey League, that, you know, Rodriguez's development was kind of getting stunted. And I think that's, that's kind of changed now. So, um, you know, I think that's a question here, too. But... I just think it comes down to cap. Like, what are you guys capable of doing? Um, and the more you add, the more you have to subtract. And how does your group – I think they've – I do think one thing that's happened there in Edmonton is they recognize that, look, like, Broberg's going to have to move on. That's number one. And number two, you're probably going to have to sacrifice one player from your roster. Well – how much more are you going to sacrifice for your roster? I mean, somebody something could drop on your lap that's so good you say, hey, we just have to do it and that's the way it is. But I think other things you're wondering about, if we make one move here, are we doing something else that hurts ourselves over here? Elliot Friedman on the line right now. The River Cree Resort Casino hotline and certainly a hot topic here in addition to the goaltending situation. Connor Brown, who was uh, benched, as we remember, or removed from the lineup and then put back in due to injury. Now, this is yeah. a player who is set to cost this team $3.25 million, essentially eating up the increase in the projected salary cap uh, for next year. 
And you don't often hear about penalty kill merchants, Elliot. So yeah. uh, this puts them in a in a pretty interesting situation. I guess you just have to bet on the player to have a, a way better second half than we've seen, and and one that I think everybody knows that he's capable of, but is wondering yeah. where is this? Well, I, I think that the only thing you can you really can do in this case, Brandon, is work with the player to get better. And I think that's your sole goal here: is what do we have to do to put Connor Brown in a position to succeed? And I think in a lot of ways, <laughs> you guys have already done that. I think you've given him plenty of opportunity, but now you have to keep doing that. Uh, when it comes to, you know, physical work on and off the ice, when it comes to, uh, like, I, I didn't have a problem with taking him out of the lineup the one game. This is, a, this is a results-oriented business, and sometimes you have to make those decisions. This is the big leagues, not kindergarten. Like, I, I, I understand that, and I, I totally understand what, why they did it. But, you know, you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Um, um, what's done is done. And either you're moving him uh, because you simply think you get something better but, or you just work with the player so that you hope that he can get up to speed and get going. I mean, I admit I, I'm surprised by this. I knew he had a challenge in coming back. It was a serious injury, but I didn't think it would be like this. And um, if you believe that he can get to a point where he can get back up to speed, then it's your responsibility to do everything you can to make sure that he gets up to speed. I think the other thing to hear, honestly, Brennan, is, you know, his salary this year isn't so much that, um, you know, you to move him, yes, it does get you some room, but it's not a lot of room. And uh, I think that's one of the things that the others are aware of. One of the things I found interesting, and maybe I, I'm trying to make two plus two equal five, but when they removed him from the lineup in that first game, Adam Ernie draws in, scores a beautiful net drive goal, the exact kind yeah. that they've been depraved of a little bit here. And then in the subsequent game, Brown draws back in, but it was Warren Fogle and Ryan McLeod that found themselves on the score sheet, sort of in, in similar fashion. So I, I wonder whether that was Knobloch sending the kind of message to more than just Connor Brown that, in fact, you will sit here and it looks like the group may have responded already in a sense well you know i think that um i think one thing that like there are certain scratches that send a message more than others like if you're a fourth line winger or, or a sixth or seventh defenseman and you get scratched people are like mm, you know that's that's kind of normal when you're a player of brown stature even though he's struggling and hasn't produced to what you would hope it gets people's attention. Um, it, it, what, it, what it tells players is that the coach is moving up the lineup. Um, you know, people notice things like that. And they turn to a guy like Connor Brown and they see him not playing and they say, you know what, there's, there's no reason that can't be me. Now, you're not worried about that if you're Dreisaitl or McDavid, but you're worried about that if you're some of the players that you just mentioned. And sometimes I think that that's why coaches do it, not only to remove the one player who's, who needs to be removed that night, but also to send a message to other players in the lineup that, you know, if you don't get better, you're not safe. Like Adam Ernie doesn't have to worry about that. He knows uh, what his place is, and he knows his position is a little bit more tenuous. But the other players that you mentioned, you know, McLeod, um, Fogel, those are players that are a bit more – that come with a bit more of a resume, at least in, in, on this team at that time. And, you know, McLeod is a guy who hadn't been scoring. 
And, you know, he knows what Brown's numbers are, and his weren't much different. And I'll tell you that those guys get the message. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly seems that way. I got one more for you here, Elliot, as we wrap up with Elliot Friedman for Abe's Door Service. And uh, we'll go right around the league because this is the latest that a Canadian team has been atop the league standing since the mid-2000s when Ottawa uh, was in a, in a better place. But not only are the Vancouver Canucks in a great spot, so too are the Winnipeg Jets up there in the top 10. Uh, a thought on each of those teams and just what they've been able to do. Vancouver, you're waiting for the drop-off and waiting for it and waiting for it. And, and even with Kuzmenko in and out of their starting lineup, Rick Tockett's got them pulling on all the strings, it seems. Well, that can't be right because Vancouver won uh, President's Trophies in, what, 2011 and 2012? So maybe that's a Christmas time stat, perhaps. Yeah. Brennan, but but they that can't be that can't be accurate. But I know what you're I know what you're getting at here. Like to me, the thing about Vancouver is um, number one, they're getting great goaltending, and not just Demko, but Casey DeSmith has been an excellent backup for them. Their best players have been Pedersen struggled a bit, but generally their best players have been their best players for a lot of the season. Um, that is a huge factor. Their depth players are empowered. Dakota, uh, Joshua, and Sam Lafferty are both like a goal away from their, or two goals away from their career highs. Like everybody there has bought into what Tockett is doing. And so I, I see why they've been really good. You know, Winnipeg, I think they eliminated a lot of uncertainty. Hellebuck extended. Um, uh, Hellebuck extended. Shifley extended. Um, you know, they, I, I, they've been really good with Kyle Connor out, which has surprised me uh, a little bit. Shifley has gone from a score to a distributor. They're very deep. Like, they, they're getting good performances out of their depth lines, including their third line, which is one of the best in hockey. Um, you know, like, I think good teams are greater than the sum of their parts. And I would say that both about Vancouver and Winnipeg. And I think the thing is, and hey, nobody's lived this more than you guys have. A good goaltending covers up a lot of blemishes. It's like Oxytan in high school, Brennan. And Vancouver's gotten good goaltending, and so has Winnipeg. <laughs> That's a great line, Elliot. I appreciate that. Sportsnet stats did confirm what you said. Uh, latest, or rather, they sit atop the standings at Christmas, the Canucks yeah. do. First time since the Sens in 05. Really appreciate you loaning us some time tonight, and we will catch up next week, okay? Happy New Year. All right, Brian. Happy New Year to you and the great fans of Edmonton. This is one of the best in the business, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Hey, you can join New West Travel this June for a 14-day Globus tour through the beautiful countryside of Newfoundland featuring the Iceberg Festival. Your New West Travel uh, Newfoundland package includes flights, hotels, meals, guided local tours to see Iceberg Alley, whale watching included, some lighthouses you'll get to see along the coastal cliffs as well it sounds spectacular plus you get to meet the locals for a screech-in that sounds like a blast as well save four hundred dollars when you book by january 15th call new west travel or visit newwesttravel.com we're back with the injury report for james h brown when we return on oilers now This 
is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. We'll still hear from John Shannon on the other side of our next news update, as well as the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, who have made a couple of huge trade, huge trades that is in the last uh, uh, probably three hours or so. And they are in action, in fact, against the WHL's top team, the Prince George Cougars, tonight. The Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. No Sam Gagne at this evening's skate down in San Jose. He is dealing with an undisclosed injury that was dubbed uh, shorter term by Chris Knobloch. There should be more details on that ahead of puck drop tomorrow. The good news is that Dylan Holloway, who has been sidelined since November 14th with a knee injury, he is skating right now. So closer than not to a return from Holloway. And that's a player that, just like Fogle and uh, Ryan McLeod, I think stands to uh, really start contributing for this team in the second half, so long as they're willing to commit to uh, that uh, nose-to-the-net mentality. Anyway, uh, we will will put a bookmark in it. Zach Ferguson has a global news weather traffic update. On the other side, it's our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling.